Hey listeners, Lex on the Decks here. Before you get stuck into this episode of Hot Girls, I wanted to let you know about something else you may be interested in. Though Hot Girls in its podcast format isn't releasing new episodes any longer, if you head over to my Substack, which is lexonthedecks.substack.com, you'll find more interviews and insight on gender minority artists and how to overcome any barriers to entry. You'll also get the opportunity to sign up to my weekly newsletter, Five Good Things. This is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays, sharing five of my favourite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. And because I, I was raised with that, I know exactly what, I really do know what unconditional love is. So mm-hmm. like, when I see that in other people, I know exactly what to give and I know exactly what to receive as well. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's like you, it, when you come from love, then you will know love. So. Hello and welcome to Hot Girls. This week I am joined by George. George is a rapper from Croydon and he released his first album, Almost an Adult, recently and he released it with a beautiful coming-of-age film which you can check out on YouTube, which was filmed in Jamaica. In this interview, we talk about the creation of Almost an Adult and his earliest kind of single that really took off, which was called Glide. So we talk about the creation of that album, we talk about his trip to Jamaica, (laughs) the fun of that, and we talk about what life was like for George growing up. But one of the things that I really wanted to spotlight just before we get into the interview is the way he knows himself and the way he creates. So we recorded this interview before the murder of George Floyd, which sparked the most recent Black Lives Matter protests. When that happened, George responded by releasing Black and Ready. What I think is really interesting about this interview is that you get to hear a lot about his creative process and George creates really quickly. And I think there's two things you need. If you're going to be able to make responsive art, there's two things that you need to be able to do. You need to have the confidence to be happy with creating something quickly and putting it out fast. And I think you also need to know who you are as a person and what you stand for. And George's both of those things. He creates really quickly and he knows exactly who he is. And he's very comfortable with his own voice and his own beliefs. And I wouldn't say like the struggles of, of being a black man, but definitely what it's meant to him and his heritage is a part, has always been a part of his music. 
I hope you really enjoy this exploration further into his art and his beliefs. Let's go. Ladies, gentlemen. Listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. Um, I'm a staff London boy, but my family, a lot of my family are from Manchester and Jamaica. So my life growing up was kind of mostly on Croydon, a couple months out of the year in Manchester, like visiting family and stuff. And then like every few years we'd spend a month in Jamaica in the summertime. Were you and ever like, just... can we just extend the time in Jamaica? And... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Honestly, yeah. Honestly, I was the opposite. I was like, I want to come home because like, looking back, I can't even explain it. But back then I used to get bored of Jamaica because we'd be there for four weeks. And it was just boiling hot. And we would go to like, my mum would send me to like Bible school and stuff like right. that. Whilst they went to the beach and had fun in <laughs> Bible school, sweating. She's like, it's important you learn this. Off you go. It's important that I learn, <laughs> but it's not important that yeah. I learn. So. <laughs> she doesn't need to be reminded. She good. <laughs> but um, yeah, so but most of my life, South London, Croydon. I don't want to say like I had the, like a, I came from like a poor background or anything, but I did live in like a, a poor area let's say mm-hmm. um but my parents always taught me the value of like working for things and stuff like that so when I got to the age of about 15 I think my parents bought a house in a bit of a nice area so like quote unquote they made it out of the hood you know? right that was their kind of moment to be like that was yeah. their moment to yeah and um <laughs> which is so I don't, I don't know I've seen both sides of things and I've seen yeah the world from a in a nicer area and I've seen the world from a not so nice area and it's kind of just kind of rounded me and, and made me the person I am. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's quite nice, mm. I think, going through that when you're at an age where you can process everything that you're seeing and going through yeah. so that you do have like memories of different kinds of experiences. Yeah, yeah. So even like, even, even if I'm living a nicer lifestyle, I wouldn't take anything for granted because, you know, you see, I've seen both sides of it. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, 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 totally. Were your parents musical? So my dad, not when I was growing up, but before before I was born, um, my dad was in a band, in a jazz band uh, called Jazz Defectors, and they toured. They went on tour with Sade, um, Paul Weller. Name dropped. Uh, name <laughs> dropped in it already. He didn't even, the thing is, he didn't he didn't even tell me that until I was about fifteen. I had no idea. But like back in the day, they always used to play a lot of music. They played a lot of reggae, R and B, soul. And um, I had a cousin, well, I have a cousin in America who's a songwriter. Like, he's written with mm-hmm. anyone that you can imagine in the stateside. And he used to come over every few months when he had sessions and he would teach me melodies and how to remember a phone number by turning it into a song and stuff like that. Yeah, no, for <laughs> real. Yeah, yeah. Life yeah, hacks. So far. So I still do it. To, I can still remember, like, my first my first home phone number is um, 0181251 because just the way he taught me the melodies and I think that's always kind of been in me. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. kind of musical background, that's it. Yeah. And when you went to Jamaica, did you listen to, did you kind of immerse in that music or, or was it just Bible study for you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't even say it was, it wasn't so much reggae. Like it was a lot of dancehall, but a lot of the time you were, when you when I was in my auntie's house, we'll be watching BET, and that was like a lot of American, like Fifty Cent, Mario, Justin mm-hmm. Friend, those old school like candy shop. I remember when, when 
candy shop first came out, I was in America and then I came back and it was massive over here. <laughs> so um, I was just saying that album I feel like is like uh, a moment in time for everyone. It's like our age, it just <laughs> It was like it was like sex education. Though. Some it was, was basically, no yeah. Idea. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I was going around school singing about licking the lollipop and that. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. No I idea. think I was like just old enough to sort of understand what they were talking about. It almost <laughs> felt like I was in part of a like that kind of made me cooler. I get it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had no I was about ten. So I had no idea. Oh, I thought everyone everyone would be like, Oh, do you know what that means? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I know what it means. Yeah, but yeah. I had no idea what it meant. I was just pretending. <laughs> So when did you start actually making music then? I mean, when I was in school, I was about 13 and there was a phase when everyone started to write grind bars. And my brother came home one day, he's he's the school year above me. And he was like, yo, listen, there's a free program that you can have on your computer and and we can record grind bars on it. So I started, I was like, okay, I'm going to write some because you're my big brother and I'll write it with you. Yeah, wrote some grind bars. And then that phase ended by the time I was about 14. And I didn't do music for a while. I didn't do, have anything to do with music for a while. Did you and play that got... stuff to anyone? Or was it just you and your brother? Like, no, we used to send it around in school. We used to, uh, so we would bring it to school, be like, yeah, we've got a new track, Bluetooth, <laughs> infrared to your phone. And then the song would get around. Turn around that 50 cent and... off. <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> and I, list, I found it on my computer the other day. And it's, I've never been so embarrassed. Absolutely awful. I was saying some stuff on there that I had no idea what it meant. I was just saying it. When I really like properly started to make music um, was when I was about 16, 17. Mm-hmm. I watched a Retro 3 2 freestyle on one extra a like, long, long time ago. And I thought, oh, do you know what? This is so, like, it was a cappella and he was, it was like poetry, but rapping mm-hmm. at the same time. And he was speaking about things that I could relate to, but putting it in a really smart, eloquent way. And I thought, this is. This is a bit more up my street, you know. Yeah. I mean? And then that inspired me to start making songs. Then they didn't look back from there, to be honest. Were you at all intimidated when you first started creating your first EP, or did it just feel like so natural? Um, intimidated. What? Intimidated by what? I guess I don't know. It's like you're putting yourself out there in the world. Sometimes that process can be quite intimidated. Like I would be yeah. intimidated by being like, "This is something I've created," and mm. you know, at the start before you're used to like however people will react yeah 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 I was never really like intimidated and I never really thought about that to be honest I just saw I just had a bit of I kind of had tunnel vision like I saw when I first discovered Virtue 2 and Scorcher and Gets and all those mm. artists I used to just go on YouTube for hours and just watch everything that they did like performances things like that and then and I was just so sure that that's what I wanted to do that I didn't really have any worries when it came to releasing music because it was just me on that path to get into what I was seeing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I even, yeah. So I, I remember even going to like Capital Extra or Choice FM at the time, they had like a free seminar thing where you can meet Retro 2 and ask him questions and play him a demo at Wembley Arena. And I went and it was like an hour and a half journey. I, all I did was shake his hand and I didn't say, that was the only time I really felt intimidated because I, uh-huh. I saw the person that made me start making music. At that point, I was like, oh my God, I don't even know if I want you to hear it. Because if you don't like it, then what is all of this about? You know. Yeah. So, but apart from that, I don't think, I've never felt intimidated. Yeah, that's a nice story of meeting your idols, though. I feel like you don't want to be disappointed. It's yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't even speak to him long enough to be disappointed or impressed. <laughs> yeah, true. I was just like, I was just like didn't hi. say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that went well. 
Good. <laughs> Have you met him since? No, but he really likes one of my songs. He likes Glad. Um, I was going to, I was wondering, okay. But yeah, maybe he, he hasn't heard the new stuff yet. Maybe he hasn't. I don't know. Like, I think it, it was just out of the blue. He just commented on one of my posts like, yeah, this tune's bad. And I said, like, I woke up and like, oh my God, what do I do? And I messaged my brother. I was like, oh my God, Ben, look what's happened. And he met, he called me. He was like, oh my God, whoa, my, like just shouting on the phone. And then, and that was it. And I haven't spoken to him since. He's very <laughs> like, like thanks. <laughs> yeah, I just said, yep, yeah, thanks. That means a lot coming from you. And, and then I was there. And I've not heard anything from him since. Yeah, well, but I know me, he's watching. I'm sure he's watching. So. Yeah. Tell me about Glide. Like, how did that, what was the production process like? How did it um, Kind of an accident. So I, I, I just got my laptop. I had, a, I had a new laptop and I was just, just practicing and making beats. I made a beat a day for like a month. And this uh-huh. was like the 30th day. And I was listening to Anthony Hamilton and um, I had a little bit on the song and I thought, oh, this sounds like a, I could make something out of this, but I have no idea what I'm going to do. And I started making a beat and it sounded, I'm not going to lie, it sounded so good. And I was like, oh my God, this yeah. sounds... <laughs> well, I'm like, I can't believe you produced it yourself as well. What? Yeah. I was, I was like, oh I was like, even I was like, I was like, no, this sounds, this sounds good. Like, I, this sounds really good. I don't really know what to do with it because it's just good and then I sent it to my manager and I was like who do you think I can put on this beat yeah I, I don't know I have no idea what to do with it and I had I put a video on Instagram of me like dancing to it as well and then the response on Instagram was just mad everyone was like oh what song is this I need it right now in my head I was thinking I don't even have anything for it my management were like listen just sit with it because I feel like you you have something you have something to say on this beat just give it some time and then like four days later I was just bored again and I just started spitting to myself to the beat and I was like, oh, oh, I, I just said, oh man, I feel like MJ1, I'm glad I'm in. Oh, this sounds, oh, this sounds kind of, sounds right. Let me just keep writing and see where it goes. And then before I knew it, the song was like finished and that was it. Like, there was no, there's no real like, I never, it was a beautiful accident, that's it. Yeah. Mm. You created the beat in a day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I know, right? Humble, humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it's nice when that I feel like I can't, like, if I if I sit with something for too long, I mm. will never get it done. But if I make it, like, every if I make it, and it's gonna be like a finished song, it'll it'll be really quick. Mm-hmm. But if I spend too much time on it, then I I just leave, put it in the power with all the other. Nonsense. Yeah. When you released that, were you signed at that point? No, I wasn't. I was. That was the last song that I made independent. That I released independently. Mm-hmm. It got to like January last year, and I hadn't released anything in a while. And I just had a real like fuck it moment. I was like, you know what? Nah, man. Why am I? What am I waiting for? What am I planning mm-hmm. so much about? Because I'd already made almost an adult by then. It was already finished. But we had. But really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the music for it. The music uh-huh. for it was. But um, and we had Glad there, and I was like what am I waiting for? And management were like, oh, do you know, we can wait. Maybe you can, we should pitch it and get a record deal. I said, nah, man, like, on that. I'm just going to release it. And I remember I looked at my calendar and I just pointed at a random day and it was like, the, was it like the 6th of March or something like that? And then um, I was like, yeah, cool. So we have three months to work on a plan. Let's get to work. We came up with like a really cool marketing plan. There's like sending the songs to people, but only letting everyone who hears it listen to it for a day and then changing the link and deleting it from online. And it really like works as, to create a buzz. Mm-hmm. And then 
from and we did that for like three months so people were getting really like annoyed towards the end they're like hurry up hurry up and put it out man because we were waiting and then so by the by the time the song had already come out it was it was already we'd already anticipated that x amount of people were gonna really like it and then it even went beyond our expectations and mm. then, yeah from there just kept snowballing yeah no did you keep promoting it like did you beyond the release and for the rest of last year um not for that hot do you know what it got to like a point so i i released a song we've got a lot of radio plays so i got playlisted as like bbc introduced a song of the week and then we did the, then we released the video for it like a month later so and then in terms of like me personally going out and promoting it after that i was kind of that was the end of it for me mm. but the song just kept like it kept building. It kept, it still gets more plays today than anything else I've done. It just keeps getting new fans every day, and I'm like, yeah. it kind of took on a life of its own. So I didn't even have to do any more hard work. Say, yeah, so. that's yeah. the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. I can <laughs> and just chill. May it, may it continue happening. <laughs> yeah, I feel man, like with real. like the Spotify algorithm now and stuff as well, that can happen. It can just yeah get like playlisted around and picked up at different times what's, what's funny about glad though that's why that's why it's so weird because it's not been on one like editorial playlist or any of that so i honestly i still don't really know why how it keeps getting more and more <laughs> love but i'm here for it you know I mean? so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> not complaining no yeah, not at all not at all so almost an adult Loads of questions, I guess, I want to ask about it. But I wanted to start with the writing process. I guess I presume that you'd written it after Glide and that it had been that, but sounds like you've actually been working on it for quite a long time. Um, I did write it after Glide. So I made Glide, I made Glide in June, June 2018. Uh-huh. But I made almost an adult. I made that in the last week of November and the first two weeks of December because mm-hmm. it was, what happened? It was my grandma's, so my, it was my grandma's funeral on the 20th. 20th of November and um I came back on the 22nd uh, from Manchester sorry I had like a day when I was just just processing everything you mm-hmm. know what I mean and then and I was by myself as well because it was just me home alone and I was just processing everything taking everything in and then the next day I just felt like I had so much energy just built up inside and I didn't really know, you know what to do with it mm-hmm. so I just dumped on the computer and started making beats and i I just dove headfirst into that and I was just doing that for like like three weeks not long like I did it for like three weeks I was just into just making song after song after song and I was having sessions with other people and every time I was in there I was just making a song and then we ended up like three weeks later I came out and I was like oh we've got like 15 songs here and they seem to flow quite nicely I think this is this is a project but we ended up cutting it down to 10 just because like yeah I I, I if I make an album, I've always wanted it to be 10 songs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I had that in mind. But, yeah, it was just like a real... It wasn't ever me consciously thinking about what I'm writing about. It was just me venting every single emotion that I was feeling and kind of going into autopilot. Yeah. Throwing everything at the wall, yeah. You cover quite a few different, I guess, like topics and areas mm. in it. And, like, each of the songs has a different energy. So I did actually wonder whether it was, like, quite a deliberate thing of being like, I mm. want to show all sides of myself. <laughs> <laughs> You know what is like the, the type of person I am anyway, like when I'm making music anyway, like what I make one day, not even I can make two songs in one in one day and they'd be absolutely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like theme and sound. And I've never really been one to go like straight down one lane. I've always been kind of rounded and on everything. And I think yeah. 
yeah, if I was to make a project, I would always show all of that anyway. That would just naturally happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The snippets that you've got, you've got like a few snippets of people talking. Are they are some of those of your grandma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's um, there's one. There's two on Mrs. Chambers. There's, that's my yeah, me and my grandma one. talking. Because uh, we always used to have conversations in it in our kitchen, and I just used to. I, I in about it was about five years ago I started recording them because I just thought, yeah, man, like why not? Let's yeah. immortalize these moments, isn't it? Just so if I if I wanted to listen back, so even though. On that song, there's about like a minute of it. In my phone, there's about like hours and hours and hours of conversation that I can just listen to. Just, I just sometimes I just listen back and I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, man, this is nice to listen to this. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. Are they organized? <laughs> not, at all, not at all. Not at all. It's just, it's an organized mess. So, like, this is called Grandma One, Grandma Two, Grandma Three, <laughs> Grandma Four. <laughs> Down to about grandma 50 <laughs> but uh, I, i've always said i'm gonna organize it but i'm, I'm not gonna lie i won't organize it I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. if you're not doing it now in lockdown it's not gonna happen no way <laughs> there was gonna be a time <laughs> very true very true so you've got quite a few collabs on there how did they come together maybe let's start with um start with jazz karis jazz karis so jazz karis um i've always wanted to I've always wanted to make a song with her. And she, in 2018, she opened up, well, I had a show at Notting Hill Arts Club and she was the opening act. And um, I remember talking to her, I said, listen, Jazz, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to make a song together. And she was like, yeah, man, we're going to make a song. And then I, and then I, but then I went into a period of every song that I made, I wanted Jazz Karras on it. So I kept sending <laughs> her stuff. <laughs> and she was like, no, this doesn't really sound like something that I'd sit on nicely. And I was just very sad. Like, how can you? She's like, it's really good. Trust me, I really like it. I just don't think it works for me. Mm. And then um, when I was making Rose Tinted Glasses, I made Rose Tinted Glasses the same day that I made Halos. And um, I was with Flo, the producer, who who co-produced it with me. And as soon as he played the guitar, I thought, yeah, Jazz Karras is actually going to be on this one. And I called (laughs) her and I was like, Jazz, listen, I've got one that you're actually going to be on. And it makes sense. I'm not forcing it now. I'm really not. And um, then... Like a couple months later, she came to the studio with, on the same day as Fia came to the studio to record her with the Halos as well, actually, which was nice. And we were all just in the room talking about relationships and love and self-love and that kind of stuff. And then her verse was kind of just an extension of that conversation. Uh And Thea, did she pre-write or did she work on the same time in the studio? Thea wrote it before because Thea lost her dad a few years ago and um, me and Thea like she's like one of my best friends and um, I remember when she came after her dad died she came to my house and she was recording a poem that she wrote she's not released it and then she just burst into floods of tears and I was like oh my days like now I've seen this that we're really like family do you know what I mean yeah she did the same for me when my grandma passed and when I wrote Halos I just thought I wrote my part on Halos and I was trying to write a second verse, but I thought I, I can't even say any more than what I've said. You know, mm. I've, I've just said everything that I want to say. Yeah. But, and I don't really want to put another rapper on it, but I think Fia shares the experience so well that she would just be able to articulate it and do it justice. Then I sent it to her and about an hour later, she was like, okay, I've got this. And I played it and I was like, wow, like you're too good. You're too good. At, and she's not yeah. even, she's not re- poetry isn't even her first thing. Her main thing's film, but she's like, 
One other just a little I, thing I do. <laughs> just a little thing that I do on the side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's just too good. And then, Everyone um, you work with works too quick as well. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I think, do you know what it is? I feel like I was speaking to someone about it. I think I work at such a high intensity that it brings out the the same in other people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's I like a freedom you, to it, I think, just trusting in what you create yeah. and, and come up with. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not like, even though everything sounds very in order and organized and where it's meant to be, when it comes to it, I'm not that meticulous with my style. I kind of just trust that I know what I'm doing and I just do it, if that makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. Blessings. And what about the collab with Kid of Kids? How was, how was that? Even that one. That was a quick one too. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I made So It Go and uh, I sent it to my manager because my manager manages Kidda. And I was like, what do you think about getting Kidda on this? He was like, oh, I don't know. Kidder can be kind of long sometimes. Da, 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 da. I was like, you know what? Like, forget you, man. I'm going to send it to him myself. And then, <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my way. <laughs> so I messaged Kidder. And I was like, yo, Kidder, what do you think about this tune? Um, he was like, yeah, send it to me so I can listen to it properly. He didn't say anything. And then I sent it to him. And it was like nine o'clock in the morning. And at 10 o'clock in the morning, he just sent me a video of his verse. And I said, oh, okay. So do you like it then? He was like, yeah, no, trust me. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. And then Trust by me. 11 o'clock, the song was finished. <laughs> that was it. Honestly. Done. <laughs> and then oh, you flew him out to Jamaica and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you do. As you yeah, do, you know it's what got I mean? to be done. <laughs> <laughs> the film, I really want to talk about the film. Whose idea was it? Was it your idea to kind of create that? Um, it, was a, it was a bit of a joint enterprise i say so when so i'd already made the album when we sat when i'd signed mm. um the deal and we had a lot of meetings going back and forth about what are we gonna how are we gonna represent the album visually are we gonna do a few singles and build up and do a video for each single and blah blah yeah. blah but then I, I always thought i don't know because it's, all the singles sound too different to have like, different videos i think it, it might just confuse people a little bit but how if we can combine it all into one and make it the perfect representation of myself mm. we don't need four or five music videos we can just run it off of one thing and um and then they came up with the idea of doing a short film and they and and they were like okay we'll get we'll talk to a few directors that we you know we'll reach out to a few directors and see if someone can like draw up a treatment and i always had a vision in my mind of like i always had a vision in my mind of going home and going home so like South London being home and Jamaica being home and representing all of that. Manchester I, just got signed. Manchester, <laughs> Manchester now, man. Like that's, it just looks like London. You know, <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> but, um, Not such a beautiful contrast. <laughs> and I thought, but then, but I never thought that the label would actually be down to send me to Jamaica. So I'd never brought it up. Mm. And then the company, the production company, 33 Bound, they sent in their treatment and I think we went to sit down with the label and the first thing they said, yeah, we got this treatment by us in um, Jamaica. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, that's a... Let's have a look at it. Yeah, I feel like that can work. You know? <laughs> I don't know we can make it. <laughs> and then, yeah, but uh, the only thing about the treatment of, from the production company, they, the difference was that they didn't um, want it, they didn't have it in their mind to incorporate anything about London. And they didn't want to use... Not that they didn't want to use, Pattern wasn't the song that they wanted in the film. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I said, no, we have to put pattern in there. Yeah. And we have to, when we do pattern, it's got to be some London, you know, real 
stuff but that's that is who i am as well like, as much mm-hmm. as all the halo stuff and as much as rose tinted glasses as much of that is me Patton is still very much me you know what i mean yeah. so we need to show that and to be honest Patton's done the best out of all the songs since they've since the album's come out like it's caught on the most which is um it shows it shows that we you know everyone had trust in each other mm. and that's it's worked well which is nice yeah i've got yeah. personal bias to Patton, but i think that's i like <laughs> but i just like that yeah 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 man you gotta have that bit of energy sometimes yeah, yeah. yeah. and then for because obviously you shot a, a separate video for so it goes so was that mm. was that that's like economizing you could be like oh we'll shoot a, a video for this literally, as well. literally <laughs> we're there and we're like should we just do some shooting for, no, we, no we said uh we'll shoot the film out there but whilst we're there we might as well do a video for so it goes well i said okay <laughs> you know give us a couple extra days in jamaica fine by me and um to be honest, the So It Go video shoot was my favourite part of yeah. being in Jamaica because we were just like travelling around to different places in Jamaica, like real city, and just interacting with people. Like, we went up to some guy just on the corner and said, oh, do you want to cut my hair? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> come, come on, cut, I'll cut your hair. Yeah, cool. I went to the patty shop, got some patties, went to like a, a little like rural town, like a village, went to the Rastafarian village as well. And we're just chatting, just having conversations with people. And that was like, yeah, it was, it was nice to do all of that. To be yeah. yeah. How many of you were out there filming? Like, how were you a um, night team? So it was me, me and Stevie, my manager, we flew out. And the production company, two people from the production company flew out. But when we got out there, there was like six production assistants out there. Um, we had a cast of about 15 so it was a, it was a it was a big crew. Yeah. It was a big crew on some days. But it wasn't it felt like a proper like real production, which was, was it so a nice sick. little yeah. moment to be like, Yeah, this is my crew. <laughs> yeah, no, this is you know all here with me. <laughs> you know, yeah. taking care of everyone's food was paid for. We had catering, it was like yeah, it was a proper like that was the moment when I thought because I'd been signed for like six or seven months before. Uh-huh. But that was the point when I thought, okay, yeah, this is this is what it's all about. This is what this is like the part of your dream that's coming true now, yeah. which was like, yeah, it was, it was hard still. But it's super cool as well because you actually did the, so much of the production, Mm. I I guess some of it in your bedroom, some of it like, yeah, some of it in a studio, but like that's a nice journey to go on in in one project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's proper like, when I look back, I'm like, wow, it's mad because the place where I was in when I started making it compared to the place that I'm in when it's come out is like complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And it's, yeah, it's sick, like it's proper sick. That like, like some where I am now, everything has come from that where I was. Yeah. Did you did you have fun in Jamaica? Did you go out? We went out a couple of times. It was <laughs> oh, we went out the first night. <laughs> it was so, I really, like I'm not gonna lie. That was my favorite trip to Jamaica that, that I've ever been on because because my parents weren't there. So I could do what <laughs> I want. I really do what I want. And when I used to go to Jamaica, if I was somewhere and I wanted to go somewhere at five o'clock, I had to ask my mum. She'll be like, no, whatever. Yeah, 5 p.m. Yeah, I'm like, I know. I'm like, oh, because it's, like, it's going to get dark in, in four hours. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas like this time, I just felt a lot more freedom and I felt a lot more connected to my roots out there because I didn't feel like a foreigner. I felt like I was just there. Like Same how I, I am in Croydon. Like, if I want to go out, I'll do it. Do you know what I mean? And we were with locals that showed us everything. So we went to like, not the nicest, but like the most fun bars mm-hmm. that were like on the back of the beach. We're going places where like apparently Chronix goes quite a lot. We went to like this dub Keep night. Keep your eyes out. 
I was looking out. I was looking out. I had a demo CD in my hand. Yes, <laughs> ready to Listen. give it to him. <laughs> but um, honestly, yeah, the, the only thing I, I wanted to do that I didn't do out there was go to a studio. Mm. We just didn't have time. We didn't have time because we were filming like, all day, most days, apart from like the first two days. So yeah, yeah, we got the, got the fun out of the way on the first two days, and then the rest <laughs> of the time was hard work. You know? Any hangovers? Or was it all right? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't drink. I didn't drink out there. No, I did drink out there. I'm lying. <laughs> I didn't have any hangovers though. But I was uh, um, meditating a lot more. If, nice. If you catch my drift. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You're in Jamaica. Yeah. Of course. Spiritual yeah. place. Spiritual uh, place. Famously. Yeah. <laughs> well, your next, um, your next album, you have to record out there. That can be oh, like the hundred percent next you that's exactly what i was thinking i just wanted to like go there for like a month and just bang it out to be honest that's the dream yeah. that's the dream that's the next dream anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's the future yeah um so i wanted to talk to you a bit about some of the themes that are in it mm. we've spoken a little bit about your relationship with your grandma and i feel like she's like been a really big influence on you but i wondered yeah. if you could elaborate on that relationship a little bit yeah she was just like just calm away from everything. Do you know what I mean? Because like firstly she lived in Manchester and I'm from Croydon. I'm a little hood. I was a hood rat, just running around doing all sorts of dumb stuff. And then naughty, naughty boy, you know, <laughs> naughty boy. But if I went there, everything in London just didn't really matter whilst I was there. Because I was just there with my grandma and regardless of what I'd done or you know, what stupidness I'd done, she just showed me the same amount of love. Like it was just nothing but love that I got from her like, mm. and obviously discipline like, when when it needed to be but for the most part like she just used to do like I remember like, she would make hot milk for me and my brother every night and a hot chocolate and like a little cake with Philadelphia icing and regard whatever happened during the day that will be there at night and it just felt like a it really felt like unconditional like really unconditional mm. love because obviously if you're when you're growing up and you're around your parents the unconditional love you get from your parents is different because there's things like discipline that, you know, mm. you can be bad and they still tell you off by from a face of love. But you don't understand that until you get older. But with, like, the grandparents, it's just happy to see you. It's just love all the time. Yeah. And like I said, her house felt like a real safe space. Yeah. Away from everything. So, yeah. It's really nice to, like, have a space where you feel that unconditional love because it's like, I don't know, it's a difficult thing, I think, as you get older and you have different kinds of relationships and... Mm they feel like they mean a lot and then maybe they, they yeah, don't exactly. last so long. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. That's the thing. And because I, I was raised with that, I know exactly what, I really do know what unconditional love is. So mm. like, when I look for that and, or not when I look for that, when I, when I see that in other people, I know exactly what to give and I know exactly what to receive as well. 100%. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's like you, you, when you come from love, then you will know love. So yeah yeah, so, yeah that's the best yeah i don't yeah. say anymore that's the best way to yeah say it. that's the best way to say it yeah one of the other things that i kind of got a sense of like through through lyrics but also through um through the film as well i think i feel like you as a person have a sense of responsibility to do the right thing do you think mm. that's fair yeah i think i just think me personally at first i didn't it happened like a cut it probably happened when my grandma passed away i kind of felt like i need to step up and be a man, if that makes sense. And I need to look after people a bit better than I had done in the past because, like, I don't know, there's something like seeing your mum mourning. Mm. 
I remember before all I used to do was come home and ask her what's for dinner. Do you know what I mean? Like now, yeah. like, forget about that. I need to make sure that she's actually like okay because this is something that's new to her that she hasn't gone through. And because at the same time, my my dad lost both of his parents as well, and so seeing both of them going through that, it made me feel like yeah, no, I actually need to step up and really like put my parents first. And then when I started doing that at home, I guess I started doing that in out in the big big bad world as well. I just thought because I, I felt really good to do that. I felt good looking after my family. So yeah. Then it became oh, I I like looking after people. I like making people feel better about themselves. You know. So yeah. And then Glad came out, and then when Glad came out, a lot of people were like oh, just hearing this song. I was having a bad day, and this song makes me feel better. And I thought, you know what? That's yeah. That's exactly what. I want to do so I'm yeah. just going to carry on doing it I guess now it's kind of like a responsibility it's more like a not necessarily a duty but certainly there's a bit of, yeah I, there's a bit of responsibility there now because I think a lot of the stuff that I talk about I didn't realize it I didn't realize how many people have gone through or are going through the same sort of thing mm. um so now I'm like okay maybe I should keep doing this and see where it goes there's always like been this tussle, I think, where it's been like either you're a conscious rapper or and you're writing about stuff that's like really thinking and you're making it yeah, deliberate, yeah, yeah. or you're like fucking bitches and, <laughs> and like kind yeah. of goes down that path. Yeah. And I feel like maybe it doesn't need to be so extreme. It really doesn't. Like, the thing about like, me, I'm a I'm a I'm a walking contradiction, and I'm cool with that. So that's why you can go from something like Halos to something like Pattern because that's who I am. I am both of those that's all part of me so yeah there's no split at all. <laughs> <laughs> um is your brother still making music you said that he like got you going <laughs> nah nah he gave he gave it up he gave it up a few years ago um, <laughs> he, he plays you know he plays football now in australia or soccer okay yeah so he's, he's done all right for himself i guess yeah. he's, done, he's done okay but um <laughs> now i've got a home studio he calls me every day he's like yeah when i come back i'm gonna I'm going to use your studio. I'm going to write all loads of bars and da 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 da. So I can't wait for that. It's yeah. Gonna be hilarious. It's going to be hilarious. You I need to go back to back. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but then he'll, you know what? He'll be like, oh, I think we should release it. <laughs> and I'll be like, nah. No. I'm really trying to do that. It's just for fun. <laughs> you can just WhatsApp your management. Be like, management said no. I'm, uh, yeah, so, I'm tied to the label. <laughs> the thing is, but I've told him that I do that to other people. So he no. knows. <laughs> He's, he's clocked me he's clued up <laughs> yeah he's clued up he's clued up definitely <laughs> we spoke a bit about Wretch 3 too but I wanted to ask who else have been like really big musical inspirations to you I mean off the music I was played when I was that I was playing when I was growing up and Michael Jackson 100% mm-hmm. I think even like through like videos he just put a little bit more thought into all his videos because my mum she used to have a VCR with all the Michael Jackson videos <laughs> from whenever and we used to watch it all day Every I used to watch it at least once a week, and we used to get really scared of thriller, <laughs> like, like genuinely <laughs> scared. Like it was a horror, horror film. So whenever you know any changes, and he changes into the the green face, and we used to run out of the room and like hide around the door, wait for it to be done, and go back in. Just so dumb. But um, anyway, I digress. So My- Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Pharrell. I really like Pharrell mm-hmm. production wise. Uh, Mavado. Like just being Jamaican when my yeah. started coming out I was like there's something about a Jamaican artist when they speak from their soul you can really like it's just so raw and so untouched and it's it's a beautiful thing um, I haven't but, heard like any of Mavada music in like 
I don't know, like 10 years or something. He's still got bangers, man. He's still really? Bangers. I need to yeah, like tune yeah, yeah. back he's in. He's still got bangers. He's still, he's got, you know, not every song is good, but when he hits a, when he hits a sweet song and it's, it's a really, really good song. But um, yeah. who else? Um, you said Chronics earlier. Chronics, yeah. Chronics is like more like a recent inspiration. I think mm. I'm, I'm a, I, I love nostalgia. So I like listening to old school stuff. So even like the wretch that I listen to is probably like 10 years old, five, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, J. Cole, the Forest Hills Drive album that had a big like impact on me as an adolescent. Because that's for me, that's a real coming of age um album. And I love I like coming of age things. Like I love coming of age films, coming of age TV shows and stuff. You're like gonna that. have to keep coming of age every time. I know, that's like, the thing. I've already, like, <laughs> like I've already done it. Almost an adult's like my coming of age film. Do you know what I mean? So Your next really... one is like still not quite <laughs> still not quite there. <laughs> Still not quite there, but almost. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I'd say off the top of my head, those are the main inspirations. Yeah. Were there any like women that you listened to growing up that inspired you as well that have like? Oh, hundred percent. Um, Kelly Price, uh, uh, Kelly Price, Aaliyah. I used to love Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to like Destiny's Child, but I, re- I so my auntie, my auntie, we went out to Croydon with her, and she bought Beyonce's first album. I forgot the name of it. Dangerously in Love. Mm, yeah. And when I heard the album, I thought, that is like, I, I was so blown away by the production and I was so blown away by the strength of her character. And I remember thinking that from when I was, and I was like, I was about nine or 10 years old when that came out. But I just remember thinking, right, this woman is like, she's, she's mad powerful. And that's badass. Yeah, she's yeah. badass, man. And that's like, that's so appealing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just, just makes someone appealing that, there's that strength in character and um yeah so yeah. even like because I had a lot of women in my childhood anyway so like my mum and my auntie were very close and they always used to come around and play like Patti LaBelle and old like really old school R&B uh I don't know Diana Ross mm. like there's, yeah. so, there's so many R&B. interview I did last week we we're talking about Destiny's Child and it was with um Jasmine Dottiwala, who used to kind of head up MTV Base, and she was yeah. saying when she used to work with Destiny's Child, she would call, I think she called them the others, but Kelly and Michelle, both very talented. I think they're both brilliant as well. But yeah. um, she said that towards the end of the day or whatever, they'd be like, we're tired, we just want to rest up, can we do the interview tomorrow? And Beyonce mm. would be like, very consistently would do everything until everyone was done. And once everyone had got their thing, then she would go to bed. And she just was yeah. like so focused you can see it though. There's a reason why she's still the, one of the biggest artists in the world mm. so many years later is because that work effort. Yeah, she was, when you saw her from back then, she was always like, there's Kelly and Michelle, but then there's Beyonce. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, she was always <laughs> that. She was always levels to, to, to the rest. Who are some people that you'd really love to work with? Obviously, um, probably some of the people that we've mentioned, but. You know, Joy Crooks. Joy Crooks. Do you know what? Yeah. I heard Dre Crooks. So I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> nah, do I, I don't know, know Dre Crooks? <laughs> yes, I do know Joy Crooks. Yeah, I really want to work with Joy Crooks. She's yeah, like, she's got a very distinctive voice. Yeah, Mira May as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd work with Jazz Harris again, 100%. Um, Chronics. But don't force it, because she knows. Don't force <laughs> it. Don't force it. I, I, she sent me a couple records, actually. And I was like, no, I don't want to do them. <laughs> um no, uh, who did I say? Jazz Karras, Joy Crooks, Mira May, um, Chronics. Uh, I'd love to work with Rich. That's like, mm-hmm. a, you know, I'd always love to work with Rich. Uh, J. Yeah. Cole. 
I'd, I'd want to. I don't think I'd want to like feature on, with him or feature on his record, but I'd love to produce for J Hust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd love to produce for Coffee as well. I think yeah. she's just she's just insanely talented. Man. Yeah, she's like, ridiculous. I yeah, and I'd want to. I'd want to write. I want to write a song for Rihanna as well. That's like a. I don't know why. I just want to write a song for Rihanna because I feel like because I can, that's like the fucking coolest thing ever. <laughs> I feel like, but I feel like I could just write a really good song for Rihanna. I don't know why. But I just, I just could, and I feel like it's going to happen one day. Yeah, she's in London now, so yeah, she's in the end. Slip a demo through. Her yeah, it's easy. Her. It's really easy to get to Rihanna, actually. Yeah, yeah, so. dead easy. You know, and she <laughs> wants to make more music, so now's chance. Apparently, apparently, yeah. <laughs> What's your mentality been in lockdown? Have you been coping? Because presumably, like in terms of timing of your releases, yeah, you probably would have been doing quite a lot of touring and live gigs yeah. and stuff and obviously that's that's a bit of a bummer yeah that that, that did <laughs> bum me out a bit because we had the show like the show just had gone on sale after so it go came out and the week after we went on lockdown and, I, and my first thought it wasn't even i wasn't even bummed to be honest i've kind of i've kind of like ever since i lost whoever i lost in 2018 mm. like nothing can nothing can stop me you know what i mean like nothing can i'll just crack on whatever happens i'm just gonna make it work and move on so even this whole lockdown thing as soon as we were in lockdown, I thought this is probably the perfect time to release a film because mm-hmm. people have a little bit more time and people need something to just take up their time because everyone's like going nuts at the same time right now. <laughs> you need yeah. to do something to at least help people get through that. So, you know, I just saw it as the perfect opportunity to do it rather than getting too down and about whatever. So I've just cracked on to be honest. Like, yeah. I've got my little I've got a little home I've got a new home studio set up now. So yeah, nothing nothing's really changed for me to be honest. Yeah. Cause still create Yeah. I just don't have to like drive across London to go to studio sessions, which is it's cool by me. I'm not mad at that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what I think everyone's got so used to being their own home. It's so easy. <laughs> Everything is so easy. Yeah man. I just want to know what happens next. That's all I want to know. Like where do we go from here? It's like, yeah. it's like a TV. We're just in the middle, like in the middle of a cliffhanger. I'm like, what happens next? Turn the page. <laughs> Final, like, semi-serious question: Who, who are you listening to right now? Who am I listening to right nice. now? Um, I'm listening to a lot of Jazz Carrot. Actually, her EP has just been on repeat. Um, there's another artist called Jay Warner. He's just insane R&B artist. He's just the most talented person honestly one of the most talented people his voice is like butter and <laughs> it's mad like i was even scared to play his music to my girl because i thought she'll like it too much <laughs> honestly <laughs> um, <laughs> um I've, I've been listening to everyone who i've said really like joy yeah. chronics coffee jay Huss. there's another artist i came across the other day i need to find it yeah jump on your spotify or whatever i'm or just Apple yeah i'm looking on <laughs> oh you're not branded because I wasn't oh my god I did an Apple Music interview the other day yeah? and I was like oh yeah um, let me check my Spotify <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, we're good <laughs> we're on multiple platforms so. oh I love that perfect oh yeah Tiana Blake Tiana Blake she's, a, she's an R&B singer um, we're signed to the same label actually but she is like old school 90s R&B Oof. early 2000s vibes she's yeah just, yeah she's so good honestly yeah talented. Is there anything you listen to that oh that um would be like really surprising? Yes, of course there is. Uh, I'm gonna. I've got a playlist called Guilty Pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ariana Grande is the first song on it. Actually, <laughs> which song? 
um, a piano. And it's okay, I'm not gonna lie, it's the whole first album called Honeymoon Avenue. Okay, uh, Fleetwood Mac, bit of old school end dubs in there. Oh my god, I love end dubs. <laughs> oh, he doesn't though, he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, bit of Oasis in there, um, Lionel Richie, <laughs> S Club Seven, never had a dream come true, of course. <laughs> Of course, like of course. of course it's there. Of course you listen to that. Sugar Babes about you now. <laughs> this is oh my god, what am I what do I listen to? This is Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey's in there as well. And Carrie Hillson Pretty Girl Rock. So it's a lot of a lot of stuff that you wouldn't that would surprise people. Banger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sass. Um thanks so much for sharing that with us. I wonder which ones like will get the most pickup, like whether people is gonna be people are gonna be like, Oh yeah, pretty girl rock. <laughs> Just totally forget every other artist you've mentioned. Ariana Grande's playing. I think it's the S Club Seven one. I think it's the S Club Seven. People are gonna be like, Oh, I remember the S Club Seven tune. Let's forget yeah. every other artist that you suggested. Yeah, I saw them saw them live actually. You're lying. I Where am not lying, truth. First <laughs> I think they were the first band I ever saw. Oh, you're lucky, man. Yeah. You're lucky. And they came like over the audience at the end, like on this kind of race. Yeah, I know, way before Kanye did. <laughs> That's hard. See, S Club 7 are visionaries and, and they <laughs> exactly. don't get enough credit. They really don't. <laughs> George, thanks so much for uh, chatting and being so open. Pleasure's all mine. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, Instagram, George, literally George online on everything. So even if you, yeah. George online. My it is online. It's not like he's just, he's just not just, he's not just uh, saying I'm online. J O R D S O N L I N E. That's, that's what you need to search to find me. So yeah. George online and George on all streaming platforms, etc. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us and thank you everyone for listening and we will see you, hear you, chat to you next week. Hmm? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What up?